<sighs> oh man, what's the matter, Hunter? Why so sleepy? Oh man, I just I keep drinking this old coffee, but it's just not waking me up like it used to, you know. You know, you can't keep drinking that old coffee, you silly goose. You know what you need? You need Death Wish coffee. Death Wish coffee has so much caffeine it can kill a horse. <laughs> that that's enough. That could that could absolutely wake me up. Wow. Thank you. Where can I get some? Listen, Hunter, you can get some right now at carlpooling.com slash coffee. And let me just say, we love Death Wish Coffee. It's one of the products that I can genuinely say I liked before they were a sponsor. And that is a huge deal. So you know I'm not fronting when I tell you that this is some great coffee. Also, they're rebellious by nature. It's their tagline. And it's true because Death Wish has the beans to sponsor a show like Carl Pooling. Oh, that's great, but I'm pretty tired. Do you think you could just send me the URL so I could just paste it into my browser and I'll get this over I'll put it in the show notes. But again, it's, <laughs> it's carlpooling.com slash coffee. And I've got even better news for you, Hunter. This will wake you up. Using our discount code DWCAF10, that's D-W-C-A-F-F-10, our listeners can get 10% off their total order, so you really have nothing to lose. Wake up, be a rebel, go to carlpooling.com slash coffee right now, and score yourself some Deathwish coffee at a great price. Deathwish, it might kill a horse. Discounts like these, you can't afford to sleep through them. Okay, back to the show. Hunter? Yeah. If we were dwarves, what would our one word adjective name be? This is so easy for me. This is the easiest yeah. question you could ask me. Like, if you asked me what color the sky is right now, this would be an easier question. This question about drawers. I'm grumpy. I'm a thousand no, percent no, no, grumpy. No, no, no. Oh, I See, have to pick a new one? Yeah, you've you've made such an obnoxiously obvious no. uh, statement, and yet you've misunderstood the question in college. Oh. We have to, we have to, if we were additions, the eighth and ninth dwarves to oh. the dwarf battalion. Okay, my mistake. I think yours would be answers too quickly. It's, it's too long. Nah, it's not snappy enough. It's not You're snappy right. enough. Yeah. Um, not snappy. Yeah. Yeah. Could be a dwarf name. Not snappy. I feel like there's a better adjective there. Um. Um. <laughs> yeah. There's got to be. There's got to be. Yeah. Lethargy. Lethargy. Dwarf. Lethargy. It's me, kids. Lethargy. It's, Let's it's just not, not. <laughs> It's not technically an adjective. Yeah. It's a noun, but it's it it's close enough. I think it gets the point across. Yeah. All right, what would mine be? Uh snarky. Snarky's pretty All right. good. Snarky I feel like that's something that like you use to describe the dog of a protagonist and a blonde girls can do it too, but they're also stupid. 90s movie. But, but fine, I'll take it. You've got to take like an annoying characteristic about yourself that isn't admirable. Right? Yeah. And then, like, dwarf it. And so... Yeah, but snark... Yeah. 
snark is i feel like snark is is too playful i mean i'll take it i i don't hate it like sleepy and uh dopey like what about like dopey judgy or prejudicey (laughs) (laughs) judgy's better if you wanted to go with one of those but snarky yeah i mean yeah self-righteousy all right all right i don't think anybody asked you you know what yours would be yours would be trashy because that's where you're going after we get done filming this episode directly in the trash uh carpooling listeners or as we like to call you our collective army of recidivist online dwarves welcome to the cave that is the carpooling podcast thank you for joining us yet again stop collaborate and listen and also rate and review the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google Maps. If you find it on Google Maps, go ahead and review it there. Yeah. Anywhere you find it, just Google it. Send a smoke signal. Go out in the woods and find a small, placid pond Mm. and look into the pond on a full moon and speak the nine names of the canon, the now canon dwarves into the pond and whisper the dark oath and then say Carl pooling. And when that's going to pop up a context window and in you can rate and review us there give us five stars um it does require <clears throat> some of your blood not all of your blood some of your blood or- we don't w- when you're doing a a rating ritual in mm-hmm. the woods for the car pulling podcast we're not like those other podcasts that take all your blood and require no. you to make a pact with lilith no. the first wife no it's just a little bit of blood yeah for us because we care yeah, we'll, um, we'll even accept some of your blood in a, in a mosquito. Like, you yeah. don't even have to cut yourself. If the mosquito bites you and you put it in a Ziploc bag, that's cool, bro. That's we're, enough blood. We're just not going to some. Just because yeah. we need to know that you're in. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever been bitten by a mosquito and flexed so that the mosquito couldn't leave? I've never done. I've, well, first of all, I've never been bitten by a mosquito. That's fair. That's a great point. I forgot about that fun fact about you. They're too afraid of me. Yeah. They take one look at me and they go, oh, no, not today. Yes. Yes. Have you done that? Yeah. It's weird. But, like, they, they're they dumb. And they're ba- they're very <laughs> poorly designed. You know? like the. I mean, you say that, and yeah. yet they're everywhere. So it's like. Yeah. They've got something going for them. Some some of God's character designs, though, yeah, have a lot more to do with reproduction rate than sur- actual survivability. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's kind of the mosquitoes' playground. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, if you ever like, you can come up with all the arguments, you know, against God and against the Bible you like. But honestly, the best the best argument is mosquitoes. You know, it's just like why, why, yeah. why? Yeah, what do they do? Nothing for me. Disease. They do disease. That's their game, man. You know? They're bad. Yeah. Well, maybe they're part maybe they were invented by an environmentalist to keep <sighs> the population in Africa low. You oh, racists. Oh, wow. I think it's time probably now to start the show. Hunter, we yeah. have uh, as our catalog increases, we have ever more exciting segments to get to today. So we have yeah. three. We have one of my favorite segments that describes your sexual activity. Um, then we have the the animal uh, cadaver on the side of the path activity, and then we have our newest segment dealing with um, actual actual 
uh, Cheval that have engaged in a Kentucky Derby. So mm. which one should we start with first? I, I feel like it's always the roadkill. Like, I don't know what to do if we don't start with the roadkill. Okay, well, I didn't know that you were quite that autistic, yeah. but I can oblige. Let's start with the roadkill. I, I really, really disagree. Like, you knew I was that autistic. I suspect it. No, you literally named a section of this show about my sexual activity. Like, I, think, has I nothing, think you that knew. Has, has very little to do with autism. Okay, okay, okay. And it has less to do with it linearly as autism increases. Yeah. Sorry true. for the autistic listeners out there. Yeah. It's all in good fun. Yeah, there's, there's some of my best friends, um, legitimately. So let let's 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 kick off with this. Sometimes you find a roadkill story and you're like, "Wow, isn't it sad that uh, you know AOC did a dumb thing again this week? Isn't that funny?" But sometimes you read a headline and you're like, "Wow, this is going to cause so much pain for those who are not say on the right side of the aisle." And that is what I bring to you today, Christopher. St. Uh-huh. Augustine. The reverse gambit. Yes, exactly. St. Augustine is preparing to host the first ever Florida Man contest. There'll be several events. Uh, oh, my goodness. One, which includes actual cops, is evading arrest obstacle course. <laughs> 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 yep, that is that literally, literally the event is oh running. Oh, my gosh. Running through people's backyards, jumping over fences while cops run after you. So that is incredible. Oh, dude. Um, the evading the cops obstacle course. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Would you like to know some now, more events? Or yes. do you have questions? Can I ask a. I have a question yeah. to start. Mm-hmm. Is this going to be televised and is there going to be sports betting? I I do not know. So this is this is in 2024, which of course is, you know, closer than you would think. Um, mm-hmm. but but of course Florida man hibernates during the winter. So we're going to have to wait till at least spring. Of course, of course. We're not we're not crazy, Christopher. Actually, it's never winter when Florida man is around. <laughs> that's so. that's the secret. <laughs> that's a secret. So um uh, so it's $45 is what I saw to get a ticket to drive down to see this. Um, am I considering it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I am. Like, I don't know how yeah, to absolutely. tell you. Uh, but we've got other events. We have the weaponized pool noodle mud duel. Now that that's a tongue twister. And The weaponized <laughs> pool noodle mud duel. You got it. You got it. Uh, this is how one of my... How strong st- does a Florida man's lungs have to be to eject a glob of mud from the hollow center of a pool noodle uh for a um normal man the answer is incredibly strong for a florida man i mean are you kidding when you've been trying to suck solid crack rock through a glass (laughs) straw your entire life the power Uh, that that your diaphragm can deliver mm. at a moment's notice is unquestionable i mean that obviously Somebody with an open sore is going to win this event. Yeah. Um, there's This is a great event. It's called a catalytic converter, two bikes, and a handful of copper pipes. Race against oh time. <laughs> and so it's a race where you have to carry all of that, which is, well, it's something. Um, oh, my God. And finally, we'll end on this one. The Beer Belly Florida Summa. A bunch of copper wire. Yeah, no, it's copper pipes, you know. <laughs> oh, same thing. Yeah. Who is putting this on? Is it? Uh, that's a great question. I uh, mean, it's in St. Augustine, you said. Yep. 
Uh, da, 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 the Florida Man games. I'm not seeing anything that like jumps out as like, you know. I mean, it might be the city. It very well might be the city. But God bless them. God yeah. bless them. Every one of them. Yeah. So Christmas comes this time each year. Yeah, dude. Yeah. All right, last event for us. Oh, that. Oh, did I? Oh, I didn't say you. You were. You didn't hear me say it. Beer Belly Florida Sumo. Heck yeah! I mean that's Heck a yeah. that's a classic event. It's yeah. not the most. It's not the shiniest event, but it's a classic event. You have to include it. Yeah, yeah. Hunter, oh, this what? is a great one. Category five cash grab. <laughs> Looting during a storm. Yeah, essentially. Oh my god! I am so sorry, and I almost didn't even tell you. There will, of course, be a mullet contest. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. there's going to be stuff for the kids to do. Take your daughter to the mullet contest. Exactly. Exactly. Man, that is super exciting. Hunter, I think what people that listen to the show know that um, longtime listeners will be aware that Florida is a trash, a trash state, really a prison community as far as I'm concerned. Right. Second only to Ohio in its... Uh, piles of refuse and the disdain that i hold for it ohio of course is because it is the throne of satan the seat the the portal and seat to hell on our mortal plane Mm. but florida is is just full of convicts and alligators which what are alligators if not the convicts of the aquatic reptilian world Mm. true something to think about yes yes Beautiful. Well, I'm just super excited for Florida, and I really hope that I really hope that there is sports betting because I want to. I don't just want to watch; I want to be in on the action. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I think I'm a pretty good analysis of Florida main character. I, and as long as they posted the mugshot of the contestant, I feel like I'd have I'd stand to make some money. To be honest. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, with that, Hunter, let's move right into the best segment. Hunter's a virgin. Wow, that that's beautiful. Thank you. Um, need to find what I was gonna talk about. Thought about it some, and kind of forgot about it some. Oh, I typed in uh, da, 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 da. Lord of the Rings is a show where stuff happens. It's kind of a movie. No, uh, I'm sorry. Did the podcast just get banished to Ohio? Because this is my own personal hell. <laughs> um, let me look here. Is this? I'm trying to remind myself, and I should have done this earlier. But you, you were talking about spooky season. You said there were vampires and werewolves. Yeah. Uh, hold on. In one Middle second. Earth. Oh. Are you outsourcing to another virgin online? No, I had to remind myself. I couldn't remember. Um, this is just important to remember that. Morgoth established himself as Lord of the Werewolves. So, you're welcome for the spooky fact. Morgoth. Now, the Morgoth is... Best okay, so, like, if you go to the mall, mm-hmm. now you go into now, a hot topic. This is This is incorrect. Okay. I guess I don't know who Morgoth is. You don't. Because I thought he was the manager <laughs> no. of the Hot Topic in Middle Earth. No. No, no, no. Even even as an analogy, could you say he's kind of the, the manager of the Hot Topic of Middle Earth? If if uh, 
Mordor is hot topic, then yes. Okay. Okay. okay gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Which would make the Shire like an Orange Julius. Yeah. So Hunter, thank you for. The burp, 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 burp. <laughs> I forgot Hunter's about the music. Virgin. I forgot about yep. the music. You didn't start with it. Oh, that's so sad. I did. No, I did a trumpet. I was so busy trying to remember if it was a vampire or a werewolf. I didn't. I I, I completely missed it. So excellent, excellent. Tell me about All this right, horse. Well, let's, let's wrap up our segment here by talking about our Kentucky Derby contestant, yeah. Hunter. Just hold on to your seat with this one because I'm just. I feel like Strutting. the the name that Jamie provided last week didn't hit as hard as I was hoping it would hit. Mm, mm. Um, and uh, so I'm going, I'm going to the fences for today's just to get everyone else invested in the topic. This is the name of an actual horse, a beautiful paint that ran the Kentucky Derby in 1985. Bodacious Tatas. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> Why? Aren't, the, aren't there children there? I don't know. I have no idea either. Oh my oh my Lanta. A fine horse, I'm sure. Can can you uh, can you say that on TV? Like don't they tell us? Yeah. I don't know what they do. Mm. But yep, uh runner of the Kentucky Derby in nineteen eighty five, Bodacious Tatas. Wow. Um Best of luck. I mean it's probably it's probably a glue stick at this point, but the more you know. The more you know. The more you show. Uh, I have more for you that are. There's. Uh, let me be clear. There are far more offensive horse names. How? <laughs> like, far more offensive horse names. How? Uh, that one just was immediate. So, uh, anyhow, yeah, I'm yeah. That's look a. I'm really it's... curious about this. Just hold on. Okay. Are, are you waiting? I'm. I'm waiting. Okay. Wow. Okay, uh, th- I never knew this, and I'm gonna. Ch- it's gonna change. I-, I have to look somewhere else. Wow. Okay. Um, Christopher, do you- can you give me the definition of bodacious? Uh, I cannot. I don't think. Well, it, it- it's sexy or voluptuous. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yep. but so like several. So here's the here here's the definitions to bodacious. Uh, this is what it's in the U.S., and this is what I usually think. Outright unmistakable, but also remarkable or noteworthy. Or, and this is for talking about women specifically, sexy or voluptuous. And I would have mm. I would have mm, never mm, thought mm. that, but that's actually very... Oh, you, th- you thought it was just, like, unmistakable. Yes, 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 yes. Like, mm. like, that's such a bodacious vibe you're giving off there. It's so you, if you will. Oh, no, I hate that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've always thought it was more of the voluptuous de- definition. But, really? Yeah. Now, which one do you, when they were naming the horse, mm-hmm. which See, one do you think they were going for? So from what I just read, I was at Merriam-Webster. It looks like mm-hmm. they primarily see that Bodacious has that definition in the U.S. as mine. If oh, that, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, I don't know necessarily if that's true or not. I mean, I've, this is like, we're, this is coming in hot, but... This is a lot hot, hot off the presses here. Right, 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 right. But but then again, if you if you pair it with Tatas, then like... Yeah, that's definitely pushing you in a certain direction, isn't it? Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> however, however, I submit that perhaps the... the here's, here's my concern. Mm-hmm. It's about a horse, 
And that definition said when you're talking about women. Yeah, it's a woman horse, obviously. Yeah, well, that's I don't think so. Yeah, it has to be a boy horse, doesn't it? I think only boy horses run in the Kentucky Derby. Because they got bigger legs. Yeah, or something. I, I actually don't. It's, I mean, I'm sure they run faster. It's an unmistakable tatas because it's a boy horse, and a boy horse with tatas is unmistakable. We've Maybe they just we wanted to be able to say, "Here comes bodacious Tatas rounding the bend." No, that's ridiculous. Oh <laughs> uh, no, they they didn't want it. Just somebody, some announcer, to have to say that. No, um, that's that makes no sense. These perhaps robots. they were trying to think of a name, and one of their female <laughs> companions came in without a shirt, and one of them just goes, "That's unmistakably breasts." It simply cannot be argued that those indeed are the female breasts. And then they were like, aha, well, what's a cle- more clever way to say that? Cut to Bodacious Tatas <laughs> running in the te- Kentucky Derby in 1985. It's unmistakable. There's no way. It can There's be no else. argument to be had. <laughs> yeah, well, we all learned something today. Well, I uh, yeah, we definitely learned something. And uh, at the risk of making the worst pun in existence, I Careful. think we're really beating a dead horse here. Um, let's move on to the the bulk of the show, Hunter. Mm-hmm. What do you say? Let's do it, man. Hey, Hunter. Let's talk for a minute about OnlineTherapy.com. Now, I know that therapy has been a giant help and played a huge role in the lives of many people that are close to me, and it probably has done the same or could do the same for some people listening right now. Yeah, no doubt. Therapy has been a huge help in my life. Uh, I've really benefited from it, and one of my favorite things about OnlineTherapy.com is that they utilize cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT. Uh, This is the idea that your thoughts are what cause your feelings and behaviors, not external stimuli like people, situation, and events. Are you getting angry? Well, that really originates in you, and cognitive behavioral therapy helps you deal with it in a positive way. Yeah, and that's why I'm so excited about OnlineTherapy.com partnering with us is because CBT is a thing that we we talk about on the show all the time. It's something that we actually believe in, that it's the main type of psychological intervention that works. So I'm super excited to be joining up with them. Let me tell you a little bit about how it works. So users that sign up for the system will get paired with a qualified therapist, somebody that has dealt with issues like they're dealing with, And that therapist is going to put together a plan for them. Now, this can involve worksheets, journaling, unlimited messaging with that therapist, and a weekly live session where the therapist and the patient can meet face-to-face, whether it's through video chat or just an audio call, and discuss issues in real time. So there's a lot of different avenues by which you can access the help that you need and the therapist that's assigned to you. That might sound great to you. But does OnlineTherapy.com actually specialize in the mental difficulty that you're struggling with? Well, the answer is more than likely yes. They specialize in anger management, OCD, panic attacks, weight loss, social anxiety, adoption, intimacy, infertility. If you name it, chances are OnlineTherapy.com has a therapist that specializes in your problem and is ready to speak to you today. And not only that, they also offer couples therapy. So if you and your significant other need to talk to someone about some serious issues in your life, OnlineTherapy.com can help with that as well. That's right. So we're super pumped to be joining forces with them and truly hope that 
they can help out some of our listeners and help folks get back on track. Go to carlpooling.com slash therapy to access our special offer. We have 20% off your first month when you sign up now at onlinetherapy.com through our link. So again, that's carlpooling.com slash therapy. CBT is real. It's useful. It's powerful. It's helped people that I love and it can help you too. So if you need help, if you're looking for help, reach out to them and that'll also help support the show. So let's get back to it. So if you couldn't tell from our introduction, which you probably could, clever listener, clever girl, um, and if you're still, if you made it through the bodacious tatas portion of the show. Sorry, mom. Um, uh, then we're going to talk today about Snow White. Now, Snow White is an old story. It's, we're actually not sure if it's a German story or an Italian story. The Brothers Grimm might have copped it from Italian dolomite miners a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. We're not positive. Yet, it has been captured in a collection of the Brothers Grimm's fairy tales. And it has uh, had a, let's say, a come up, a glow up in recent months. It's the talk of the town. And it's the talk of the town primarily because a semi-faithful but beloved and classic rendition, animated rendition of the film, was made by the Walt Disney Company, I don't know when, the 1930s? 19, I'm going to say 1934, but I don't know. Yeah. I'm guessing 1934. Jamie? Jamie, sh- wake up, Jamie. Hold on, I have to jiggle the mouse. Oh, okay. It yeah. put the screensaver on. Is it that cool one where it does all the pipes? It's, uh, yeah, it, and it, it has a, a text block yeah. that bounces back and forth that says, that says, bite me. Yeah. Um, Love it. What was Jamie, the question? Jamie, are you with us? Oh, my. The, okay, oh, you weren't even listening to the question? Well, screensaver. We're going to have asleep. to change your recommended power settings. I knew that we shouldn't have run her on Windows. <laughs> um, pipes are very cool. All right, great. Well, that doesn't help us run the show, Jamie. So the question was, what year did the original animated Snow White release? And I'm guessing it's 1934, but I'm not sure. Um, but who who can say? 1937. Okay. Nin- oh, okay. So I was kind of close. Okay. Yeah. So a beloved a beloved animated classic. Am I mistaken that it was actually? Walt Disney's first major breakthrough, I believe that it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think it was their their kind of first hit, won some awards. It won an Oscar. All right, Jamie, that was semi helpful. Thank you. You can go back to sleep now. Um, regardless, it is being remade by that very same Walt Disney Company, and uh, there's a little bit, a little bit of controversy. With seven tiny little Oscars to go with it. Okay, shut up, Jamie. <laughs> Snore. <laughs> wow. It just Spicy this week. Speech snore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So anyway, Hunter, why don't you let all the folks at home know what is up with with the controversy that has reemerged surrounding this film? Yeah. Um. I mean, it, it, the it, it's not just this. This film. is an easy question. Yeah, it it is. I'm just like 
it's it's not this film. It's it's film. It's in not general. a trick question, Hunter. I, okay, you know what? Let me get the chalkboard out. We're gonna get back <laughs> to where it all began. Okay. okay. Uh, you know, like there's a many times a day where I feel like that always. Uh, it's always Sunday in Philadelphia meme where the guys got is freaking out about the oh, we're Charlie nine. days smoking yeah. with the corkboard. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but but you know the controversy with this film has you know is not no, just this film. All this film is definitely a lightning rod. It, it's been going on in popular culture for the past 10, 15 years, right? Which is all these movies are being integrated with these woke concepts. You know, I am woman, hear me roar. You know, we have to have diversity out the wazoo. And every character in this film has to say something about it being a, div- a diverse film. Do you remember that movie that was like the 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 gay film like the gay romance film Milk? that came no 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 this was like not a, that gay. wait more or less gay than than the harvey milk biopic. it was very recently it was the um oh shoot it was a rom- it was give, a rom-com don't give me a timeline i need to know if it's more or less gay than the harvey milk biopic more i i rate my movies on how gay they are not when they came out brothers. that's how i classify them in my own that's my it own. brothers it's yeah called bros yeah bros bros yeah okay yeah um and uh it, it's been happening everywhere but one of the things that's been particularly frustrating in this whole timeline is you know the disney films that are getting remade into live action films now that's frustrating enough as it is because it just clearly shows that Disney has no more original ideas. They have nothing creative or brilliant to say anymore. They're a company that simply reaches back into uh, Walt Disney's corpse and pulls out whatever little trifles they can and shares them with the world and says, isn't this nice? Love me. Love me. Please love. And Like a raven trying to please its master, Edgar Allan Poe. That's it. And so... Look, I found a finger knuckle. No. No. Yes, quite. Um, and it belonged to the, the mouse man. Yeah, and so they, and then when they go back to these films, they take everything out of them that we found special, that we enjoyed. Uh, Faith Moore talks about this a lot in her book, I think called uh, Saving Cinderella, um, and it, it's it's a really great book because it just shows how many of these modern lies about these fairy tale movies that we used to watch and love when we were younger are just being. We're lied to about what they mean. We're lied to about what what the morals were of those stories. And Disney mm-hmm. essentially is rewriting them for this very modern, very woke, very online audience. And Snow White is the latest casualty in that uh, dearth of creativity and pandering, essentially, to quote South Park. Yeah. Oh, so there's a lot of angles to this story, Hunter, because yeah. we've got we've got. First of all, we've got the film itself. We've Mm. got Zegler and how stupid she has been in front of the media about this topic. Then we have the casting, which has been an unending train of hilarity to Mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. So we should talk about that. We have the Daily Wire's own Brett Cooper starring as as a Snow White character in their own remake, which recently got announced. Snow White and the Evil Queen. Mm -hmm. Then... We also have the the Kathleen Kennedy uh, s- s- South Park pandering episode to discuss, <laughs> and I think that all of these these cultural touchstones are funneling in to one nexus that maybe we can we can discuss after we've explored some of these other avenues. But yeah, it's it's 
wild how how much this topic has blown up mm. in just the past couple of months. So I think I want to start talking about that one horrific interview with Zegler and Gal Gadot yeah. on some type of weird purple carpet for whatever shoot they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, Rachel Zegler in this in this clip is wearing a button-up shirt with like a, a form-fitting jumper mm-hmm. in a slightly different pattern over it. It's unwearable. Whatever she's wearing is unwearable. Mm-hmm. It's one of the most perverse collections of fabric that I've ever seen. Mm. And I know a lot of times, especially have you us seen men, the Met Gala? Well, yeah, but that's like <laughs> that's like Dragon Con for the uh, the criminally wealthy. That's that's uh, so I, right. That's great. I I'm just saying like something that you just wore to a business lunch because what is a presser for a movie star other than a business lunch? Sure, and sure, it's like so it's like this loose flowing top. And and <clears> as I was saying, a lot of times us as men don't pay enough attention to how ridiculous women look in clothing uh, when they're telling us that we're bad for being men. Because <laughs> they just feel like they've cornered the market on how to cover up their... Uh, <clears throat> don't say the name of a Kentucky Derby horse <laughs> with different types of fabric. And so I, so I just want to point out, it is so ill-fitting and so stupid looking. It's this loose flowing shirt that she has tucked into the breast cups of this very tight form-fitting bodice that like extends down past her waist. It is incredibly stupid looking. So, um I'm not gay. I'm less gay than the the Harvey Milk biopic, but I am gay enough to notice that this outfit is a train wreck. On top of that, I don't know if it's just the folds in the shirt or what, but it's like pattern on top of pattern, but they're both micro patterns, so it absolutely clashes. This looks like garbage she's wearing. Standing next to Gal Gadot, who is in a confusing but elegant-looking black uh, long dress. So I, I just want to point out that uh, that it seems like Zegler does stupid stuff in multiple areas of her life which I think is relevant going forward. Relevant to me because I like being mean to people. Yeah. Hunter, to any qu- anything to add about Rachel Zegler's fashion before we get into the more important part? A hundred percent no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm happy um, for you. I'm thrilled for you. I'm happy you got this off your chest. It seems like you had thoughts. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, 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 barely, I barely dress myself on a day-to-day basis, you know? Well, that's true, but that's because you're part of a nudist colony. Correct. So then we'll get into the more important part, which is what Rachel Zegler said. So Zegler is talking about the film, and I'm going to to semi-quote her here. She's talking about how the film is going to differ from the original animated release of Snow White. And she says, well, first of all, it's not 1930s anymore, and so we didn't write a story where... A girl is dreaming of being saved by a man. A man's not going to save her. And then she goes, a lot of people might think that this is a love story because we cast a male in it. It's not. It's like, um, yeah, not every movie where you cast a man in it is a love story. That's like actually a super weird thing to contend. 
In fact, the movies with only men cast in them aren't love stories, like as a categorical rule. So that that's just a very stupid thing to say, but it's okay because her job consists of her reading words that somebody else wrote and trying to look like she doesn't have indigestion while she's doing it. So, Christopher, it sounds like you're you're saying, and I can't believe that this is actually true that. Uh, both Die Hard and Top Gun are not the most romantic movies you've ever seen in your entire life, and I just I, I I'm worried for your soul. I want I want to work on the logical construction of what I said because okay. obviously it didn't it didn't fully um it's the seed entered your brain I'm sure it did and it has yet to sprout so let's water it together. <laughs> oh, this is great. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> so I'm saying the movies that exclusively cast men are categorically not love stories. Brokeback Mountain. What well, there's got to be a woman. In, <laughs> there's got to be a woman. Yeah, I thought that's where you were going with that. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's hysterical though. That's great. I um, mean, no, you're right. I mean like yeah, of course, like casting a man definitely doesn't make a movie romantic, right, in any way. So it's just very stupid what she says. Yes. Just, yes, you're right. Yeah. Uh, And she says that instead, she's dreaming about becoming the leader she knows she can be and the leader that her late father told her that she could be if she was fatherless, or I'm sorry, fatherless. That was a Freudian slip of the highest order. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt, dude. Fatherless behavior indeed, Rachel Zegler. Um, That her father told her she could be if she was fearless, fair, brave, and true. And I just want to hone in on that part part right there of the statement mm-hmm. she's dreaming of the leader that her father told her that she could be if she was fearless f- fair brave and true and i just have to say at least a man told her because <laughs> <sighs> if she was trying to figure that out for herself how many prequels would we need to this movie you know what i'm saying hunter no doubt no so doubt. so thank god i mean she, it's not a love story it's a story about dreaming about doing what a man told you you could do. Beautiful. Very awesome woke points there, Zeckler. <laughs> but but the upshot is this. The upshot is that the art or she goes on to say that she watched the animated film like one time as a child and didn't really care for it. So there is an inherent contempt for the subject matter. Yeah. And a contempt for the uh the timeless classic film that gave her this opportunity embedded in her statement and it seems that based on what she's saying that the writing is also reflective of a of a intransigent dislike for the raison d'etre of the film in the first place so that's kind of the first big controversy that hit this film yeah was that event that press event and then there was an interview that either preceded or followed it i'm not sure because i could care less about celebrities but uh she was wearing the same unspeakable unspeakable overall adjacent mishmash of fabric so i know it was on the same day because as you know all all movie stars throw their clothes away at the end of the day no doubt no doubt. Yeah, I, I think the things about that is not necessarily like y- you don't necessarily say what Rachel Ziegler is saying is uh, is 100 percent in the film. Right. But you have someone cast as a star and who has no appreciation for why people love this movie in the first place. Right. It's almost like she's saying you were bad for liking this movie when you were younger, but now you're older and you know you were bad. So we're making a movie that you can enjoy. 
And it's right. it's it's just so bizarre. And so regardless if she understands the movie that's being produced or not, if she's going to if she's seen the final cut of it or anything like that, you know, it just goes to show that she is just so antagonistic, uh spiteful against the original film, which the only reason she's there is because of the original film. I think Christopher, you were talking about it being uh, you know, wildly you know, Walt Disney's first hit or whatever. I think, I think I heard this right. I think it was a, if you, you know, inflate it to today's dollars, I think it's a billion dollars that it grossed. Like it's kind of insane. Like it, 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 it massively successful in 1937, you know? Yeah. And if I'm not, if I'm not, I mean, I hope I'm not copy pasting my brain over here somewhere, but I think it was mm-hmm. a, a it, it, Oh no, we talked about it already. Yeah. It won several awards. Yeah. Oscar, the Oscar. Yeah. This yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so there is, there's obviously something to this film and something mm. to this story because, you know, nowadays Walt Disney puts out a piece of trash and everybody goes and sees it because it says Walt Disney on it and that's sure. kind of the going great. Sure. Back then, Walt Disney was not a family name, and so for this film to catch on and go viral and not only make the film a success but subsequently make the company itself a success speaks to the fact that there was something resonant, deeply resonant about this film. Yeah. So, not only is this quote unquote love story. Not, not a, you know, a, a faithful. Let's say a faithful remake of that classic. It's directly antagonizing to mm-hmm. it, and that classic itself is something that captured the minds and hearts of of the population and built a dynasty. And so, that's a a sophisticated level of arrogance from Rachel Zegler to look at this this. Uh, indisputable one might say bodacious cultural touchstone and refute it offhand you know what i'm saying but how's so, the touchstone sexy no that's <laughs> it i mean yeah, have you ever touched the stone then maybe you'd know she also calls the prince creepy and stalkerish and mm-hmm. she's like there's this guy in the film that's like literally stalking her and then like he saves her and she likes it. This is her argument and I'm doing her voice. It sounds almost identical. It does. Uh, if you need me via work, Disney, give me a call. Give me a call. Give him a call. What am I saying? I don't. <laughs> we'll give Hunter a call. Me. He can speak for me. You don't um, need me. Not very well, but he'll yeah. try. I'll do what I and can. he's getting pretty good at consonants. Um, I can do it. Mm. Uh, no, you can't do it. Mm. In fact, I can't believe I haven't unplugged you yet, or at least <laughs> taken away your your microphone. Yeah. Um, so that's Rachel Zegler, and I, the point I want to I want us to carry forward with us is there is this incongruence, this distaste, this disdain for what is obviously a film that captivated an entire generation. Okay, yeah. bring that along with us. We're going to mm-hmm. use that later. Um, Hunter, next we have to talk about the dwarves. Because mm. this is the funniest freaking thing of all time. It is. It is. Um, it's so funny. I might have to I might have to post I might have to post this to the Carl Pulling webpage. Yeah. And link it to the show notes so everyone who hasn't seen this picture can see this picture. Yeah. Um the dwarves aren't dwarves. They're just your uh local diversity hires in uh hobo clothes. It's quite a thing. Yeah. Not not only are they diverse. I mean, it looks like you. It it truly looks like you emptied out like a cracked in urban gardening commune. 
yeah. and made the the constituents of it your dwarves. It mm-hmm. is hilarious looking. Mm-hmm. So have you have you seen those? Um, there, I think there's like one image that got released where they're like walking down a hill. Okay, yeah. I've got it pulled up. I'm yeah. gonna I'm going to describe it to you using the power of my words. So in in the very back you have a white bearded man looks like nick offerman if nick offerman walked with his pelvis forward um wearing a incredibly colorful checkered shirt and incredibly tight pants then you have a a, a full-size dwarf this one a giant is he a giant dwarf at that point if he's normal sized who who is to even say you know so this giant dwarf in front of him we have a uh, i'm just going to call her black princess leia it gets the idea across then in front of her there's a black pirate man holding some type of stick i'm not really sure but we're wearing like a weird pirate hat with a zigzag shirt then in front of him you have an ex biker gang gang uh meth dealer i mean there's there's no other way to describe this man he's wearing um some type of of taupe turban skull cap thing and he's got long curly hair uh looks like somebody that is friends with your uncle that your dad doesn't let you go visit your uncle when he's at their house uh then there's pippin from the lord of the Rings series and then and this one i actually still hope they keep although i think they're not going to prince somehow they've exhumed the corpse of prince and brought him back to life for this this role a very important role obviously i mean we know that disney solved reincarnation a long time ago and here's the funniest one to me hunter all of these have just been a college brochure and then they have one actual dwarf who in the picture if you look at the picture that got released is in the front looks like he's crying his eyes out i mean it looks <laughs> like he's openly bawling that's so sad poor guy he's well probably because i mean what happened to his six brothers yeah they got replaced with these normies so, no we're your brothers so why did they do this why would they not release uh, a film with actual doors might I remind you that Italy is ahead of the game on this one. In fact, Italy came out with the live-action Pinocchio movie a couple of years ago, and it haunts my soul to this very day. I will have images of it in my dreams this evening because it is one of the most unsightly, ungodly things that's ever touched the silver screen. And they cast it full of dwarves. Almost everyone in the film was a dwarf, as far as I'm concerned. And uh, it was it was iconic and terrifying and hilarious Mm. why why so there's obviously enough dwarf actors out there and uh also if you don't like the term dwarf go to hell uh there's obviously enough dwarf out actors out there that could have filled these roles but hunter a very angry elf peter that's dinklage right yeah. An elf? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, just had a, I just had an identity crisis. Not my own identity. But an identity, identity crisis of, of another person. Wow. Exactly. A very angry elf mm-hmm. stopped the dwarf hiring madness. Right, right. Um, it was after Steve Carell broke into the meeting, I remember. What have I done? Well, what have I done? <laughs> now, now you're on some something I can't follow you. Now, I'm someplace I've never been. Who I had an identity crisis about Will Ferrell in the movie Elf, you monster. And uh, you, it was Steve Carell? No, no, no. Yeah, an identity crisis. Another comedian. Okay. 
Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I guess that was a pretty good one. That was okay, a fine. You know what? I'm done. You take it from here. That joke is good enough for me to be off the rest of this show. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm coming back. But anyway. Um yeah, so at any rate, uh-huh. Dinklage, who might I remind you, there, there's a full bit in Elf about him being short. Mm-hmm. Which was a huge role for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was no small affair for him to get that part in Elf, you understand. You really can't sell short how important that role was for Peter Dinklage. Hunter, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it. I bet when he went back to the dwarf <laughs> commune, everyone thought he was telling tall tales. Uh-huh. I see it. At I, least I, exaggerating, I, just a midge. Yeah. 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 But no, you can't dwarf the importance of how important that role was for Peter Dinklage. You simply can't do it. Um, it was a long shot. <laughs> uh, but a very important role for him. And there's a whole scene in that movie that's focused <laughs> on him being short. Like, that's the whole point of the scene. Right, And right. he ate it up. He ate it up. They put it in a bowl on the floor and he that he could reach and... It, <laughs> Regardless, he was all about it back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when Disney announced that they were making this film, he goes out on record and says, well, I'm very glad that they're casting a Latino woman. Oh, yeah, Snow White's brown. Never mind. It's like such a throwaway at this point. Mm -hmm. Obviously, obviously, it's going to be not a white person, right? Mm -hmm. Ariel is black now, and uh, and every other character. Spider-Man's black. Maybe that was a, I don't know. Everybody's black. Just it, it, picture a white character. Close your eyes. Picture a white character. They're black. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's not even worth mentioning. Mentioning. Mm. Um, wow. Hitler's black now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's Whoa, a dangerous, that one coming. That's a dangerous game to play. Wow. That's a, that's a super <laughs> dangerous game to play. Yeah, you guys are not going to like that remake. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Continue. I actually think I'm late to that joke. Honestly, you might be. I'm pretty sure I'm late to that joke. I know somebody made like fake movie trailers if they recast. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was one of them. That might have been one of them. Yeah, if it Um, wasn't, it should have (laughs) been. It should have been. I mean, it's the most obvious one. Yeah, yeah. So he came out and said, I'm glad they're casting. Okay, there's one thing to talk about. It is called Snow White for crying out loud. Mm -hmm. Like it is the quintessential. It's not like we're trying to make Dolomite Indian. Okay, just saying. Um, that joke was for one person, I'm sure, in our listenership. Um, so, it is a little flagrant, just because, like, it's in the title. Like, the whole, her half of her character is her having very fair skin. Mm-hmm. Okay, whatever. So, then, he said, I'm glad they cast, uh, you know, a Latino woman. Uh, however, it's still an effing backwards story. You're talking about seven dwarves living in a cave. And it was just so obnoxious to me because it felt like here's a dwarf that has been making his bones and making his pay off of short jokes and major motion pictures, turning around and pulling the ladder up behind him when there's this opportunity for seven of his compatriot dwarf actors to get cast at once. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, some members of the dwarf community spoke out. In fact, and I didn't know this because I'm not an avid, avid consumer of the WWE, but apparently the, the oh, yeah. World Wrestling event uh, 
released uh, has has a dwarf who released a statement that was like man that was pretty crappy what you did and i'm paraphrasing mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he swore a lot because mm-hmm. it's the wwe mm-hmm. but yeah it just seemed super obnoxious to me so that happened before this photo gets released and disney afraid of offending any of the wokies just releases the worst picture of all time of these seven companions whatever they're supposed to be yeah which of course pissed off people now because now you're not woke if you have dwarves and you're not woke if you don't have dwarves so which side's more woke so there was just this whole internecine conflict around that point yeah what's the big point though what what is the actual issue here and i think you need to think about it a little bit Obviously, we can make fun of this woke garbage for being ridiculous, but why is this happening? Should should the casting decision simply be a measurement of the woke agenda and the the persecution points and the ideology behind certain demographics or was there a point to having dwarves in the story originally? And that's a question I don't see anybody asking. So Hunter. Yeah. What do you think? Was there a point? Yeah, I mean there I mean the story is probably too complex to get into like to talk about everything that's going on in it. But the dwarves are obviously symbolizing that when women become of age, they're surrounded by poor excuses for men. Right. Like that, that's exactly what's happening. And the, and it's just, and it, that's why, that's not only why they're dwarves, right. They're, they're, they're a mythical creature, right. In this story. Right. But they also have names. So they're, they're not necessarily human, but they also have names that are, uh, dorky, right. They, they pick out these aspects of men that are like annoying, small and little, right. And like exemplify them. Like men are grumpy. Yeah, of course they are sometimes. And men are... Um, sleepy. Sleepy. Dopey. Like, yeah, of course. And that's exactly what women think sometimes when they see the options of men that they have in front of them, right? And so, you know, there, there's that whole aspect that's going on <clears throat> in that part of Snow White's coming of age, if you will. Um, right. And, and so it's like there's a reason why she's surrounded by loser men air quotes, right? Because it, it's telling this, it's symbolizing for young girls what's going to happen to them as they grow up. Exactly. And and it's also relevant, that which you pointed out, that this didn't have to do with like any kind of medical dwarfism or anything that exactly. shares the same name with a mythical creature back then. When yeah. this was written, these were magical creatures. It, sure. So... Dinklage suggesting that this was about him because somebody had some somebody back in like the 1300s had some kind of mythical prejudice against people with dwarfism. It's just simply nonsensical. Mm-hmm. It's it is specifically trying to show that she was surrounded by these avatars of the weakness and the smallness of men. Mm-hmm. That's that's what the dwarves are doing. It's relevant to say that because what is happening yet again in this situation you have this cultural touchstone piece you have this incredibly seminal film that launched an enterprise on its back and we are 
once again putting identity over the narrative mm-hmm. the the identity comes primary and the narrative comes secondary in the story is this a good idea i think we should keep going um there's there's more to talk about maybe now is the time when we have to we have to discuss bent key uh probably better just to note that disney's gone back on the whole dwarves thing it just feels okay it just feels relevant to this because so like you know disney basically announced uh there was this huge backlash to the dwarves right that were shown in that photo where people are just like oh my gosh this is so obnoxious and christopher i i suggest that in a pre uh bud light world disney would have had this movie out the door already by now but in a post Bud Light world, in a post Target world, I feel like when they saw everybody making a stink about this, they were like, "Whoa, whoa, everybody!" And so they have basically delayed the movie for a year. And from a from a picture they released, they showed CGI versions of the dwarves that appear to match as closely as they possibly can the original animated dwarves. So they've yeah. completely 180 on this. So now now your your woke commune uh-huh. is no longer the dwarves. So they're out of work too now. Exactly. Now one person actually was cast to play all seven dwarves. Could it be Peter? No, it's not. Oh. I, I used to know his name, but I've oh. since forgotten it. And now it, it's it's irrelevant. But uh now they're going to use him and then CGI him together in multiple sections when they need the seven doors together. At I least that's it. what they're saying they're going to do. So it. now, instead of having something interesting happen where we might have some unknown actors with some type of dwarfism uh, interacting with an actual character on the screen, we're going to have more CGI eye trash. Thank mm. you, Disney. Yeah. Um, and and of course they're just they're just trying to pull back because they're afraid of of what happened. Not only that, but combine it with Zegler's comments, which did not go over well in the media, generally speaking, and you've got this perfect storm for people to be primed to hate this movie. Mm. So in the wake of that, because they've obviously done some amount of work with these original woke dwarves, there are uh, non dwarf dwarves, giant dwarves. There are, uh, they're announced that they're delaying the film until 2025 for exactly for what is expected to be post production and reshoots and that type of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I will just say you don't delay a movie until 2025, uh, for no reason. There's extensive work left to do on this, or it's going to be canceled. Um, but this is a huge hit. To Disney, they're hoping that if they end up releasing this, everyone's forgotten about it by the time it comes to the screen again. We won't. We'll see if that happens. But here's why it won't: because in the wake of all of this drama, in fact, just a couple of weeks before Disney announced these delays, Daily Wire announced Bent Key. So Bent Key is a, pro- a promise kept that Daily Wire made a couple years ago, that they were going to invest $100 million into kids' programming so that we could quit having Drag Queen Blues Clues and all that kind of garbage that's on the kids' networks now. And they've made good on that promise. 
they released on the 100th anniversary of the Walt Disney Company, they released their own brand, Bentkey, which is live right now. It's a streaming service. Go to bentkey.com, check it out, with kids' content, uh, and they're adding episodes every Saturday morning. Awesome. Bilaterally with that announcement, they um, showed off their very first feature film, which will be Snow White and the Evil Queen starring Brett Cooper. So... Who knows if if Bent Key and the Daily Wire hit, but they are aiming for the jugular here. Uh, they saw Disney take a half step back, and they swung for the fences. Not only that, but but Snow White and the Evil Queen is going to come out in 2024 if everything proceeds according to plan. That's its current projected release date. So mm-hmm. Very interesting uh, competition I, springing up here. I would love everyone to just remember how, how many years you were promised the Ben Shapiro store and how many years you waited for it expectantly, hearing Ben Shapiro saying it was coming soon, only to regrettably receive an Amazon storefront at the end of that, and then finally the Daily Wire store a year or two later. So, you know, there. Take that, take that with you know as many grains of salt as you would like. But yes, yeah. it's coming. Yeah, you never, you never know for sure. You never know for sure. Yeah. Although yeah. they are getting much better at production, no doubt than they used to be. That's no doubt that's for sure. And we've seen some of the some of the imagery coming back from the Pendragon series. It obviously doesn't have Game of Thrones money. I mean, that's pretty pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. It, but it's not. It doesn't look bad. Um, there's definitely some huge improvements and, uh, some things to be excited about in those series. So, yeah. And we don't really know if we've seen finals or just, just photography. We're really not sure what we've seen from that yet, but the setting and the, some of the costuming and stuff, it looks a cut above. Here's a story placed in modern day America. That's you don't need any any budget to to produce. So you're right. you're right. Um, I will also just point out, and this is just for fun. If you want to get a little bit of the Pendragon cycle uh, prior to the films coming out, I went on Audible, and for some reason, I bought the first book. I think, but I could get the second, third, fourth, and fifth books for the Pendragon cycle on Audible for free. So if you're just oh, cool. looking for some audio books to listen to and you like fantasy, by all means, go check them out. I think I'm four hours into the first book, and it's pretty it's pretty okay. I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, as a guy who listens to a lot of fantasy, like some of the tropes are kind of old to me at this point. Um, you know, But I will say I've been more surprised by where it's going the longer it's gone on. So there you go. Um, but give no, it, Give it one out of five stars. Uh, it's so hard to do it since I haven't finished it, but yeah, I would give it four right now. Four? You know? Okay. Yeah, 4.2. I'll go with that. I'd give it 3.9. No, you haven't, haven't listened to it. it. Yeah. yeah. I'd give it 3.9. Horrible. But, but yeah, and I think, I think the thing that's interesting about this is it's very clear that someone needs to be... We, we don't have an apparatus in our store, in our culture anymore that creates stories. And the best way I can say to talk about a story is it 
encapsulates truths that we know to be true that we cannot prove. That's what a story is. And it shows it by showing you the lives of people that seem real and genuine, despite them not being real and genuine. And that's 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 essentially what a story is. And we, we lack that in our culture, except for maybe at church when we read Bible stories. Um, and unless we go back and we get some of these old films or we get some of these old books, but nobody's making stories like that anymore in our culture. And you know, maybe that's just the nature of capitalism to some extent, you know, and maybe there's something to be said about having timeless classics and returning to those. But we've always had storytellers that bring the stories up and make them modern in our time and day. And that's exactly what Snow White was in 1937. And so I think what's there's definitely a need in the market for something like what Daily Wire is providing, like what Bent Key is going to produce. And the question is, will it hit? Will it connect with people? Will it be of the quality that people expect when they want to spend money on something like this? We'll see. But it's extremely exciting to see somebody else other than Disney step up to the plate and deliver something, especially when Disney has been so pandering in the past with its Marvel, Star Wars, and just traditional Disney flicks at this point. Yeah. And I think this is a perfect time to mention in passing the hilarious south park episode oh, yeah. from last week yeah so long and short of it was uh, Kathleen kennedy she did nothing they wrong. assassinated kathleen kennedy much like kathleen yeah. kennedy assassinated star wars yeah but cartman is like waking up with night terrors because he thinks kathleen kennedy is hiding under his bed trying to recast all of his his favorite franchise uh, friends his friends diversity diversity house oh yeah so then it culminates in in all of the cast of south park being replaced by by ethnic women and listen you just have to go see it why did trey and matt do that trey and matt did this. star wars fans yeah well <laughs> probably because they like star wars and yeah. like the rest of us star wars friends they're pretty pissed that what happened to star wars became that the casting and the identity became more important than the narrative. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I keep going back to that route. Why? Why? And I think this is the nexus where all of these threads intersect. The narrative of Snow White is built on, let's say, ancient truths. Mm-hmm. N- maybe not ancient, but exceptionally old ideas. Mm-hmm. And these ideas are, well, for one, you have you have the characters, the primordial characters represented in this film. So you've got the evil stepmother. Mm-hmm. Hunter, tell us a little bit about the evil stepmother from like a literary angle. Uh, and I'm very much putting you on the spot here. Yeah. Um, she is an aspect of the negative sides of nature, right? Um, she shows she is death, she is decay, and she is jealousy and pride in the face of that. Mm -hmm. And she attacks Snow White because she is unwilling to vacate the position she occupied in her own life and wishes to hold on to them beyond her prime. That's right. So it's it's the overgrowth. It's the choking mm-hmm. oneself out. It's the decay. It's the yep. unwillingness to give way to the new. Yep. Um, and, and it's a it's a trope that you see repeated in all types of classic stories, right? Mm-hmm. And it's juxtaposed by the king and the prince uh, in this story, which don't necessarily represent men nearly as much as they represent this instantiation of order that 
nature left to its own devices becomes overrun, becomes toxic, becomes dangerous. And Snow White, living in the center of nature with only these weak aspects of masculinity surrounding her, becomes overpowered by its forces. And so it's required, it's required to combat nature with order. It's required to carve out some space around, around civilization with, with that representation of, of the masculine, the, the archetypal masculine, which is civilization, generally speaking. And that's a lot about what Snow White is about. So this, this better avatar, this, this undemonized version of masculinity arrives on the scene. In the original story, she, he actually doesn't kiss Snow White. He shakes violently a piece of poison apple from her throat, which is cool. Right. I hope they redo that correctly. Um, yeah, yeah. And brings her back to the castle. And how? so here's how it actually ends. This is kind of interesting. So the the evil evil stepmother doesn't know that the that snow white is to be the prince's bride she just knows that the prince has brought back a bride so she asks the mirror again who's the fairest and the mirror says oh queen although you are fair the young bride is a thousand times more and she doesn't know that it's snow white but she shows up at the wedding and sees that it's Snow White and becomes stricken with terror because she realizes now that her plot has been uncovered and the the denizens of the castle have prepared for her red hot iron shoes that she's forced to dance in till she dies. That's beautiful. Isn't that beautiful? That's literally the last words of the story are dance until she fell down dead. Well, I mean, uh, it's happily ever after. Well, it's not. But oh. it's like that, right? <laughs> it's how the Bible ends. What are you talking about? Well, okay, but this isn't the whole Bible. It's just, uh, it's just uh, oh, not okay. part of it at all. Just a second. So, <laughs> just, just a not a part of it. So, so it's an interesting story. So, what happens in the end? Mm-hmm. The what? And this is what it's saying: that order and civilization properly adjudicated. As, as opposed to the dwarves, which are improperly educations, adju- right? They only have a cottage. Yeah. They're these aspects of things that make you small. But civilization and order and masculinity properly adjudicated can revivify nature and do away with the part that is overgrown and old and dangerous and dark. Perfectly reasonable story. And there's a... There's a core truth of that that is embedded within it. By contrast, what is at the core, what is the deep truth at the bottom of the well that says, I'm dreaming about being the leader that my father told me I could be if I was true and brave and fair. It's entirely platitudinous. Yeah. And this is why the backlash is ha- taking place. That's right. In my opinion, it's the common piece where all the threads come together. There is no depth to this woke, pandering ideology. It doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. It doesn't extend 
forward. It doesn't reach back to anything meaningful. It's it's a waste. Mm-hmm. And and the the depth of its of its psychology, the depth of its depth of its philosophy, is people arguing online about whether it's more or less socially acceptable prejudice to have real dwarves or not have real dwarves right there's no ancient connection to this story there's no foundation for it to build itself up upon it's just garbage Mm -hmm. and that's Mm -hmm. why people are resenting and rejecting this it's why disney has to delay it it's why the stars can't keep the story straight in front of the press and it's it's why in all likelihood in all likelihood, the Daily Wire's Snow White is going to be superior to that of Disney's. Yeah, in that's, all that's likelihood, undoubtable, un, un, um, undoubtedly, it's that's bodacious. That, yeah, it's bodacious. At it's for point. certain. Yeah, exactly. And that matters. You know, it 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 matters that the stories that we tell elucidate these truths that are are deeply embedded in our culture and our psyche even potentially in our in our dna if if they don't they're not entertaining like well intrinsically uh yeah well that's true for certain Mm -hmm. um they might be entertaining in an esoteric way sure but they'll they'll never be timeless Mm -hmm. and but similarly not every story has to be great, mm-hmm. but a culture without great stories is destined to fail. Yeah, or that loves it, its great stories. Huh? That loves its great stories. That doesn't love. Yeah, that, that okay. Sorry, yes. That yeah. doesn't love its great stories. It's destined to fail. Because here's what that is uh, admittance to. The things that we knew before are less important than the things that we know now. Mm-hmm. And just as a as a psychological launching point, that is a terrible way to view the world. Yes. It's a terrible way to view the world. Now, <clears throat> often you can say, I've looked at the old ways, I've studied them, I've understood them, and it's time to move past them. That is a different argument than they're not important. Yes. And, and here's the simple proof. You exist. You exist. And so there is knowledge that came before you that was sufficient for years and years and years down the line for you to exist Mm -hmm. that's not insignificant in a world that is beset on all sides by disasters and beasts and famines and diseases etc that's life is sustained by an irradiated ball in the sky that keeps us just warm enough and just cool enough not to all perish in in the perilous thread that we hang from Mm -hmm. it's not insignificant that people without a smartphone figured out here's enough truth so that one day the listener to this podcast will live it's incredible yeah it's it's it shouldn't happen yeah, exactly. Like, by the numbers, it's unlikely that it happened. Yes. And yet, here you are. And so, it's okay to move past an ancient story. It's okay to move past the old ways. It's okay to move past the old truth. But to say that it's not important, that's highly questionable. That's highly questionable. 
because at yeah. least you're here. Yeah. And so you could you could do worse than maintaining. Yeah. And that's that's the arrogance that you see embedded in Zegler's comments. It's the arrogance you see embedded in Peter Dinklage. And it's the arrogance that's being slapped back at by South Park and by Bent Key and the Daily Wire. It's that arrogance that, well, I think she put it best. It's not 1930 anymore. Mm, mm-hmm. Do you know what people were looking down the barrel of in 1937? Uh, refrigerator. I don't know. <laughs> I do. The know, largest <laughs> existential crisis that mankind has ever faced. Yeah. And you're here. It's not 1937 anymore. That's for damn sure. Yeah, World War Three is coming up. And and <laughs> are we are we really going to say that those people were so backwards and so incompetent and dismiss their stories out hand? Is that a smart thing to do? Yeah. Well, I that's don't the thing. So. That's the thing. The Snow White story is a respect for somebody else's ancient story, right? And like it's it's those people showing they cared about that tradition. And it's just like you know, it's insane. It's insane. It's insane to say that it doesn't matter and it's insane to say that you're smarter and you figured it all out and like we should just listen to everything you say. Um rebellion has a pattern. That's the end of it. You know. Yeah. And there's and it the pattern does. And, and so the pattern does decay. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So. All right. Well, Hunter, any other thoughts on Snow White? Uh, no, man. Go watch the classics. Go read go read The Brothers Grimm and realize how sad you are that this wasn't the real animated movie. I mean, who doesn't want to see an old woman dance till she dies? I mean, I know that's I do. The, that's the true meaning of Christmas. That's the I American think. dream. That's the American dream right there. No, Just I put I, on some very hot shoes and dance till you die. Yeah. You know, I think this is it is, you know, realize, you know, this is something that I think a lot of us don't value a lot is our attention. Um, realize your attention matters and that where you place it really matters and the stories you listen to matter and take that seriously and start doing that today and you'll have a better life if you start doing that. That's dad advice with Hunter Carl. Yeah. Thanks, Hunter. Take that. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite YouTube channels, Garantham, um, he's, mm-hmm. a, he's a gun reviewer mm-hmm. and he always ends his his show by saying we've got nothing else for you one more thing we've got for you is dad advice <laughs> that's he gets someone to give dad advice that's and hysterical I like you just gave really good dad advice to our uh to our show here listen kitties all right good you, and actually you gave very high caliber dad advice <laughs> compared to what his his uh his group usually provides right all right right with that guys thanks for joining us you can find all of our links etc at carlpooling.com you can find all of our shows there as well as the link to all of the platforms that we're on and those sorts of things. You can also send us an email at carpooling at gmail.com. Check out all of our socials at carpooling. Hunter's at Emotional Carl. I'm at Chris X Carl. You can visit our store and buy some sweet merch for you or maybe a, uh, a friend or maybe that special someone that you just I- don't know how you, don't, you haven't quite found the way, you know, haven't, found, ha- haven't quite found the words to say. What? Don't pop the question. Okay. Buy them one of our t-shirts. Nothing more romantic than having the images of Hunter and I on your chest. We should um, we should get a t-shirt that has nothing to do with this show, but just says, will you marry me? Carl <laughs> and, Yeah, exactly. 
Like yep, so people that right. are like nervous they could they could use a t shirt. That's right. That's true. That's, that's horrible. And if you like think about it this way. Could there possibly be a more romantic thought than this? Just hear this out. Uh-huh. If you both buy a Carl Pulling t shirt, wow. Hunter's head on it, my head on it. Wow. You buy one for you, you buy one for your special partner. When you guys hug, Hunter and I kiss. Twice. <laughs> think about that. What? Just in time for the holidays. And uh, and that's that. And uh, let me just say, if you <laughs> knew where I was going with that before it landed, for sure go get tested. <laughs>